Well, here we are then, emerging from the gloom of winter into the brightness of spring. And as we look out of our windows at the time of recording this, snow is falling on the ground. It must mean the Speedway season is just about here. And uh, I'm Ian Brannan. Joining me once again is British legend Kelvin Tatum, uh, who's been in hibernation over the course of winter and is now emerging, ready for a, a new season, an optimistic season. We've all got optimism about our sides. We're all enthusiastic about the changes that have been made there's some big changes coming in this year and it really feels like British Speedway as a whole has got some momentum now heading into 2023 we've got some big riders coming back a lot of excitement some new competitions some tweaks to the rules and um, you know it feels for the first time in in quite a while after everything that happened with the pandemic and the restrictions and everything we've been through that we're really going in full force into into 2023. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that. I think that, um, you know, uh, 2020, no speedway in the UK uh, domestically, uh, and, you know, and when you look back on that, it seems quite surreal now. Um, and as I say, we have battled through and British Speedway for all of its critics and it's far from perfect. It hangs in there. And um, as we build up to 2023, uh, and looking at uh, the lineups for the Premiership and riders that are committing themselves to ride over here, it is exciting times. And clearly, there are riders beginning to the, look at riding in the UK and looking at it more favourably, and looking at it as a as a, a sound place to ride. Um, and we've got seven teams to get excited about and chat about. Um, and yeah, I am looking forward to it. I think that. Um, um, Long may it continue. I'd like to think that, um, uh, you know, there will be other riders that will be taking note of some of the bigger names beginning to sign for clubs over here. Yeah, there's certainly some news articles as well on Polish websites really getting excited and saying, look, actually, we, we, we'd given them up as, as dead and they're back in Britain. You know, they're really making some waves here. We'll talk about the lineups in a few moments. Just to look back, first of all, on the end of last season, because we've not spoken since the grand final, the Bellevue Aces finally winning that title. It took 29 years, but they've got there. You were there on that night at, at Ollerton where... I mean, it could have gone either way in that in that final, that second leg. It was close enough, wasn't it? And perhaps Simon Stead mm. will be disappointed not to have taken advantage of of that opportunity. But let's just also include the referee played their part as well. Christina Turnbull with one or two decisions that people are probably still talking about now. But either way, the Aces won it, and um, the title is uh, headed to the National Speedway Stadium at long last. Yeah, it was a, it was an incredible. Uh, well, the semi-finals were were an anticlimax um, because the two teams, Sheffield and Bellevue, just sort of came through very comfortably against Wolves and Ipswich. Um, but the final itself lived up to all the hype and the expectation. And the the second leg at, at Allerton was was controversial, dramatic, and in the end, it was full of passion and sheer delight for the Aces having come so close on numerous occasions. You know, Mark Lemon and his team have been knocking on the door for so long. And you sort of think, well, yeah, sooner or later, they are going to break through and manage to do it. But, you know, even coming into that, you know, they had injury problems and then there was all that controversy over signing Robert Lambert to come in. And I still think there are people sort of, certainly Sheffield supporters, I suspect, are still probably griping about that. So that shouldn't have been allowed, but it was. Uh, and he did a fine job for them, particularly in the first leg. But 
Um, yeah, it was a great conclusion, and it was uh, certainly from a neutral's point of view and behind the microphone for those uh, those two meetings. That was proper speedway and domestic speedway at a very high level. And as I say, the drama on the night, uh, which included some decisions made by the referee, um, I don't think she got them all wrong, actually. I don't think she got them all wrong. But uh, there were some calls there that night that could have gone either way. So, um, But uh, a great conclusion and delighted for the Aces. You know, National Speedway Stadium is the, the best track in the country. The facility there is superb. Um, and... I suspect that Mark Lemon and the management team there in Manchester are um, chuffed to bits that they managed to get over the line. Yeah, big year for for Mark Lemon, of course, winning the the Speedway of Nations as well. So I mean, he's uh, he had a, 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 a rich vein of form there with the with the silverware. Looking at Bellevue for twenty twenty three, it is largely a similar looking side, but with a couple of key changes particularly Max Frick departing the side. Mate Zagar and Jai Etheridge are no longer part of the setup either. We'll talk about Max Frick shortly because he's moved to Leicester. But surely one of the, well, certainly up to a point, the biggest signing of the winter until perhaps Ipswich came in and Chris Louie took the, uh, took the maybe the, the, the plaudits there. But Dan Bewley returning to British Speedway in an Aces race jacket, the reigning British champion. He won the British Grand Prix. You know, and absolutely, you couldn't get a bigger signing for the Bellevue Aces at this moment in time. No, Dan Bewley signing for the Aces is a huge boost, and he puts bums on seats. There's no doubt about it. He's a he's an absolute fan favourite there. Uh, he's eye catching in every way. He's an understated character off the bike, but on the bike, I mean, he's just fabulous to watch. And if he misses a start, he comes through the traffic and. He just performs at that sort of extraordinarily high level. And what I like about you know Dan is he just loves racing. You know, to mean last year through all what he won and what he achieved, he, he seemed to keep that sort of innocence about him. You know, to mean that it was he kept it fun, he kept it fairly simple. He wasn't overthinking it. Um, and I, I sincerely hope that continues. But for the Bellevue Aces and the Manchester fans. And the Aces fans, I'm sure they're really, really pleased to see him back. Um, you say that um, the team has changed a little bit. It has. Um, and I think, unfortunately, um, this is where Speedway can be quite cruel to you. Because they've been, I think they've actually, been, on paper, I think they might not be quite as strong as they were last year. As a balanced outfit. But that happens when you win. That happens when you win, you know. Unfortunately, you have to make changes. You know, Frick and Zago are leaving because when Zago was signed last year, irrespective of the beauty signing, that was a catalyst for them because their initial meetings last year were poor, weren't they? They didn't get going at all in the in the League Cup, and then suddenly Zago turns up, and boom, that was just one rider in, everything fell into place, and they started and they're going really well. So um, I think. You know, for me, people like Tom Brennan have got to step up and, you know, just cover uh, a little bit. But um, no, Bewley back in, a Grand Prix winner, British champion, British rider, arguably the highest profile British rider last year to, to you know, winning back to back Grand Prix, British champion. Um, yeah, it's cool. Really good. And for Tom Brennan, you mentioned him there. He, he is making the step up because he's no longer part of the rising star 
um, set up. He moves into the main part of the team and, and he was the first rising star to make it out of that berth and into the main body of the team last season. So he's proved he can do it. As you say, he's got to hang on to that now. The other additions um, taking his place as rising star, Jake Mulford, uh, makes a move up to from the Colts team. Uh, so no stranger to the National Speedway Stadium, been racing in the National League, but now, you know, very much coming to big school. And uh, Jaiman Lidsey makes a return as well, former World Under-21 champion. He's ridden with the Aces a few years ago, but again, a, a rider who knows the circuit. He's been performing well in uh, in Australia until he had a crash um, in Oz uh, over the winter, which he's now recovering from and, and is expected to, to um, take his place in the team at, at the start of the season uh, anyway. So, yeah, some some additions there, but Jake Mulford, big year for him. Uh, been in the National League till now. He's riding with Red Car in the Championship as well. Um, but also, it's really where people like Mark Lemon and, and the other riders in the Bellevue team to share their experience now and and, and bring him on at this level because he knows the track, but he, he's not used to the the level of competition. I guess. Yeah, the first few weeks will be nerve wracking for him, and he'll feel. You know, it is a big step up and uh, you know, he's riding for the champions in the best, you know, the best facility in the country. So, you know, there's no doubt that he will need to be, he need, he'll need some support. You know, Mark Lemon's very good at that. Um, and I, I don't see any reason why that won't happen. Uh, as I say, I just think for me, looking at the, um, the lineup for the Bellevue Aces, I just sense that, you know, you've got Bewley Kurtz, um, Charles Wright, obviously, who's a real trier. But I think... Their line-up, they're missing one established rider that they had last year. They had three of them there, the backbone of the team. So that's why I say either Lidsey, Bladorn, who was great last year, or Brennan. They will actually have to take up a more responsible role within the team to support uh, the top two, at least. So um, in some ways, they have been not for winning because they've lost, in that line-up, they've lost a more established rider in the middle middle part of the team so you know Mark will be looking to see one of those Brennan, Bladorn or Lidsey sort of step into that that supporting role. We'll wait and see. Uh, they're in action very, very soon, though. The first action for Bellevue fans is actually the Peter Craven Memorial, which takes place on Monday, March the 20th at the National Speedway Stadium. And uh, there is a good selection of past and present Bellevue stars here, but also a good selection of past and present Grand Prix stars and world champions. Here is the full lineup. It's a cracking lineup, uh, not in draw order. This is just the lineup as in the order they were announced, I think. Mate Zagar, Jaiman Lidsey, Christoph Kasprzak, Michael Palmtoft, who is the reigning Peter Craven champion, by the way, uh, Tom Brennan, Max Frick, Freddie Lindgren, Charles Wright, Brady Kurtz, Tobias Musilak, Norik Bladorn, Dan Bewley, Jason Doyle, Robert Lambert, Nicky Pedersen, and Chris Holder. It's it's not a bad lineup as an open meeting goes, is it, Kelv? No, Ian. It, it's a, it's a really eye-catching lineup, and um, open meetings in this country have been on the decline in uh, recent decades. Um, but uh, this Peter Craven Memorial meeting—that's a proper speedway meeting. And um, with that lineup, I think uh, even though it's early and it might be a bit chilly in Manchester, even a bit drizzly, um, I think that uh, you might well find that there'll be a great turnout. Um, and even to the point where I, I quite fancy going to watch it, to be honest. Um, but, you know, with um, great to see that Robert Lambert is going to come back and ride in the meeting after, 
you know, doing a great job at the end of last season in the playoffs. Freddie Lindgren, let's hope he's fully fit and healthy because he's had health issues over the last couple of years with long COVID, but quite clearly wants to get his season off to a, a flying start in Manchester. As I say, it's hard to pick a top four there. You know, to me, it really, it really could go any way. But um, no, I'm excited about that meeting. And I think, again, this is another indication of Britain being quite ambitious and being a little bit more positive in its outlook about saying, well, cocky, no, why can't we? have big riders riding here on a big stage. I think it helps when you've got such a great track. There's no doubt that, you know, people, you know, international riders love coming to Bellevue because it's it's arguably the best track in Europe. Um, but um, no, that's a really eye-catching lineup and I'm sure um, it will be a great way to start the season for the, for the champions, the home of the champions. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And something else that's unique about this, you, you mentioned top four. You actually just need to get in the top six. It's a six-rider final uh, in the Peter Craven. And a, fi- a five-rider semi-final, six-rider final, I believe. So something different there as well. Yeah, they, they, they use uh, six-man finals, actually, in the part of it's a golden helmet meeting and because uh, that track's like you feel lost if you've only got four of you out there. It's so wide. Um, Bellevue, you can just about cope with six riders. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a decent width track. I'm not always a big fan, actually, of six rider finals. I, I tend to find that it doesn't always lead to a better, more exciting finale. But um, that's what they choose to do. I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't continue to do it. But certainly um, it gives the extra two boys an opportunity for a shootout at the end of the night to see who comes out on top. But um, it will be uh, an interesting one. Michael Palmtoft, obviously, the reigning champion, he's he's not going to be a favourite going into this meeting, um, uh, with with respect, due respect to Michael, um, although he can absolutely fly around there because there's nothing of him. Um, but um, the, uh, there is some serious uh, opposition. And I think that, um, as I say, if the weather behaves itself on March the 20th, I think we will be in for a... A great, uh, a great night of speedway. Is the Czech Golden Helmet uh, 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 the one where they also do? Is it a six-lap final as well? I know they used to do. There, there is. They certainly have done that because I remember watching some footage not long ago of I think Jeremy Doncaster who was dead and buried after four laps and he came back and won it in the final two laps. <laughs> you know, a perfect yeah. argument of of what would happen in a speedway meeting if you went for a bit longer. But uh, you know, that that's that's another thing that you can you can maybe do a bit more as well. You could do. I think we've tried it. Um, I seem to remember there wasn't. Sometimes when we have tried it, but um, I think that's the uh, that's the exception rather than the rule um, regarding six laps because inevitably sometimes if somebody gets away, just the last two laps, it's it's um, it's just basically the same as the fourth lap. But um, yeah, I, I think that um, effectively, from my perspective, I think looking at the way you set up meetings, I think the, the fundamental thing is just to keep it. I always think about it being simple. I think you put world-class riders in a lineup like that, then inevitably, if they've got a good racing surface, then Speedway can be extremely exciting. You don't have to try and start tweaking it too much, Ian. You really don't. Um, it actually no. works, and it doesn't need it. I think, I think the biggest problem is when people start looking at trying to tweak it is when... Um, they're trying to make it into something it doesn't need to be. It really doesn't. Let's. Uh, so that's the Peter Craven Memorial meeting, by the way. 20th 
of uh, March, National Speedway Stadium, 7.30 start time. Of course, uh, get down there if you can. You can find out about how you get tickets and stuff uh, on the Bellevue Aces website. The Sheffield Tigers were the defeated uh, finalists, the runners-up in the Premiership. They came oh so close, but looking to go one better in 2023, having missed out on that title just by two points as well uh, on aggregate. So that's how close it all ended up being. Um, Bellevue, of course, claimed the crown. It all gets underway for Sheffield um, against Kings Lynn, actually, in the Knockout Cup, their first fixture on the 30th of March. And uh, that it was the um, Premiership League Cup, of course, some silverware that did come to Ollerton against the Kings Lynn Stars. So they really begin as, as they left off uh, last season. couple of changes, really um, fairly minor changes, I guess. Uh, Justin Sedgman uh, and Connor Mountain move out of the side this year. And... Incoming are Dev- David Balego and Dan Jilks. And David Balego already had experience racing for Sheffield a few years ago. Definitely a, a rider who's, who's on the up, a, a French rider, of course, as well. And, and Dan Jilks is the next batch of, of, of upcoming talent, really. You know, we've, we've seen Tom Brennan and now Leon Flint sort of starting to progress on their way, uh, on their careers now. And, and Dan Jilks is one of the exciting talents who had a a tough season last year in that he was going fantastically well in the championship. He was blowing people away. He would have undoubtedly been in the premiership last year were it not for a horrific crash that he had, really badly uh, bust his arm, took the whole season to come back, but he is back now and he really was one of the form riders until that crash uh, unfortunately stopped his uh, his career in its tracks and great for him to, to have this opportunity to, to get back with Sheffield under the guidance of Simon Stead and, and really try and kick on this year. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about Dan. Obviously, you've seen a lot more of him than I have, Ian, but um, you know, from, from what you've been saying, if he can recapture his confidence after a nasty injury like that, then he could well be a, a good addition for the Tigers. I I do have a question mark over him, though, um, because when you've had a serious injury like that, it might take him a few weeks to just to really get going. Um, I thought that Connor Mountain actually did a pretty decent job for the Tigers last year down there. Uh, in actual fact, at times, he seemed to be really gathering in confidence. Um, and it's kind of a shame sometimes when you have to shift these guys around because they're just beginning to settle into a club and find their feet there, and then they're gone. Um, Justin Sedgman came in as a, uh, he didn't start the season with them, but he, he, he came in and actually settled in really well and did surprisingly a good job for them. So David Belago coming in to replace him. I actually think Belago's a good replacement. Um, plenty of international experience. Uh, been riding in Poland. He's done Speedway of Nations with uh, um, Berger and they've done well at times. Um, so I actually like the look of uh, Sheffield. I think they've got a balance in their team that Bellevue don't at the beginning because they've got, the, you know, Jack Holder, Adam Ellis. Now, Michelac is great, really good rider, Toby Michelac. I like him. And then, of course, David Belago effectively could be another heat leader if he really catches fire. Um, and then, you know, Louis Kerr, who was sort of jettisoned by Kings Lynn, ended up at... Um, Sheffield and actually was brilliant for him. Had a great, I don't think I've ever seen him ride better. So I quite like, and Carl Health, of course, you know exactly what you're going to get with Carl. You know, you're going to get 100% effort every week. So um, got to say, on, fa- on, pa- on paper, on paper, I like the look of Sheffield Tigers. I think they're, uh, 
they're, they're set up quite nicely. It is a strong-looking lineup. It's perhaps one of the faults that's come up with the the Rising Star system because Connor Mountain was in that Rising Star system. He's now sort of outgrown it um, and and has to fend for himself a bit more. And and as a result of that, even though they get a quite a big discount on their average, he's he's found um, a team spot hard to come by. And similarly for um, Drew Kemp being another example who has, has found. Well, I think Speedway in both the Championship and the Premiership um, hard to come by because of his his average. Well, we need to get away from the average, the number, because effectively at times, you know, a team manager just basically looks at you as a number. Um, he's not looking at you because he's trying to fit you in and squeeze you in. And and I think with that scenario, maybe that needs to be looked at. You need to be in a group of riders, and whether your point. Five or one point, I, I, I really don't know. It, it's something that bores me to tears, to be perfectly honest here, and I, I'm not that interested in that. But what I do have interest in is when you see kids beginning to improve and their, their ability and their confidence and they're beginning to show some form and they get penalised for that. I, I've never really understood that. Um, so I'd like, I very much hope both those lads get rides soon and, and they get settled because... Um, you know, they were particularly... Obviously, Drew Kemp with Wolverhampton last year, he had a bit of an up-and-down time. But there is ability there. Uh, and so he just needs the continuity to keep racing. So, Sheffield Tigers then, you're uh, saying looking slightly slightly stronger throughout than, than Bellevue at, at, at this moment in time. You just mentioned Wolves. Uh, their Wolves always go for a bit of consistency, don't they? Pete Adams and Chris Van Stratton always uh, very loyal to their uh, their riders. And... Perhaps one of the headlines here is that um, this year Rory Schlein, having retired and had his farewell, is back in British Speedway. He's, he's going to be racing for Wolves. He's also going to be racing for the Berwick Bandits in the championship as well. And um, even Chris Van Stratton didn't see this one coming. He got, he got a text out of the blue from Rory Schlein saying, I'm thinking of coming back. And, um, and so... The rest is, uh, as they say, history, and uh, he's he's back. The goggles are back on. He's had a decent winter in Australia. Looks like he's on the pace, and well, he's a 2020 British champion as well. We mustn't forget he's he's, he's no longer Australian. So uh, quite a signing there, and um, turning mm. back the clock for Wolves. Yeah, let's hope that works out for him. Um, yes, a surprise as as Chris Van Stratton found out, um, but uh, Rory is a is a. He's a very good rider, you know, he's a good starter um, and he wasn't out of the sport for long. So, and he's had the winter to sort of reacquaint himself with, with racing. So I wouldn't think it'll take him too long to get really going. Uh, he might be a little bit rusty early season, but um, um, there's no doubt that he will be keen to do a really good job for them. Obviously, they've lost a couple of riders, you know, Nick Morris was part and parcel of the side. Um, he was... Um, he's going to go to Leicester, um, and obviously Luke Becker's a good rider. I like Luke Becker. I think uh, if he could just believe in himself a little bit more, Ryan Douglas the same. I think if Pete Adams can squeeze a little bit more consistency from those lads, um, then they may well be able to land a blow this year. I don't know that much about Zach Cook. You'll know a lot more about him, Ian, than me. Because obviously working with the riding, for, excuse me, riding for Pool, he's had some successful seasons there. 
but um, I think his brother also is coming into the league as well. So I'm excited to see those two lads. And Leon Flint, of course. Um, well, there's a, what a season in front of Leon Flint. You know, rider clearly with a lot of ability. Um, and, you know, I think he could really take, take a big step forward this year. And riding at Wolves, I think, is going to be really good for him. So um, I think Wolves, to me, look like a team that are going to need everybody to fire. You know what I mean? I think they're going to be a team that really do need to be, you know, firing on all cylinders. Otherwise, I think they may find themselves um, outgunned at times. Yeah, I know from speaking to Leon a few weeks back, you know, he's he's really putting a lot into this season. He's he's invested in new equipment. He's invested in uh, mechanics. He did everything himself last year. So this year, he's he's got a bit more support. He's not going to be darting around across Europe. He, he did all that sort of thing last year, so he's focusing much more on, on the British racing and seems to have a more mature head on his shoulders. Um, he's only just turned 20 just a couple of weeks ago, um, but already you know, under 21 and under 19 champion last year, and his focus, uh, as well as doing well for Wolves, and, and he's captaining, uh, captaining Berwick uh, in the championship this year as well, um, his focus is, is to try yeah. and... and get into the uh the the SGP2 is is what he wants to do he's got his eyes fixed on that he had that experience at Cardiff this year and that's really you know fired him up for it given him a taste of it so he's seen what life's like at the top table of course he came out in his very first heat at the uh, at the Principality Stadium with uh, just Bewley, Woofy and Schmarschlick in his first heat and so from there he's he's, he's been there and done it now and and fancy's having fancy's having a gun to go. He said, "Well, he said it can't get any better or worse than this. So you know, you got to ride them." <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, that, that's a very good point actually. And I, it was quite a moment for him. And of course, he rode in the SGP two uh, meeting the following day. And I, and I think I think that Leon's certainly got the qualities to 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 make a real impact in the sport. I think, uh, as you say, as you rightly say, he's still very young. He's twenty, so. Um, he's got an awful lot of time. I think the SGP Grand Prix, I think if he can manage to get into that, would be a fantastic experience for him and an opportunity to really grow in confidence and to ride against some, some pretty useful and tasty um, uh, international riders at that level. And I think now that they're doubling up with the Grand Prix, it, it's nice to be at the show, effectively, isn't it? It's nice to be there and you, you actually uh, uh, feel like you are... Uh, involved with that and you see exactly what it's all about so uh, invaluable um, certainly and Leon Flint appears to be somebody that um, can take that challenge on and I, I, I like the fact that you're telling me that he's got a bit more organized with his crew with people helping him because once you get to a level um, like he has um, it's not just about the next step Ian it's not just about actually the, the, the ability to ride the riding bit actually becomes sort of like the easier bit. I know that sounds daft, but actually being able to be consistent and step forward, you do need a good team around you. And it does seem that he's he's obviously put a fair amount of effort into doing that. So good luck to him. But as I say, overview of Wolverhampton for 23 is I think obviously Schlein's got to go great. He's got to pick up where he left off um, just as he retired. But I do think that with Masters, he's a good rider. Becker, 
and Douglas, those guys, and Stevie Worrell probably could go a little bit better second season at Wolves. Um, but they're a team, I think, that will go well, but they'll need to all be going good, all of them. On the subject of the Cook brothers, you, you, you're right, Zach Cook and uh, Ben Cook are both riding in the Premiership for the first time this year. I don't think their visas allowed them to double up yeah. until now, um, which, is, which is why it's taken a while. But Zach's the younger brother. He, he rode with Poole last year and uh, won uh, League and Cup double. Um, ben has got back-to-back League and Cup doubles with, with the Poole Pirates. Um, both solid riders. Um, both, when I've seen them in the pits at Poole, have had good support from some of the experienced Australians uh, not a surprise sometimes to see Jack Holder or Chris Holder in their pit bay or Brady Kurtz or any of those kind of names around them so they're very much part of the that kind of gang of, of, of Australian and um, impressive you know I think Zach is the younger of the two slightly less experienced but it might take a little bit of time to get to grips with Monmore but we saw him. Uh, there was always the question when it was the grand final in the in the championship. Of course, they moved it from Leicester, the second leg from Leicester to Kings Lynn because of the track problems. And so, the initial argument was always that uh, Poole were at a disadvantage because Ben Cook and Zach Cook had never ridden uh, Kings Lynn before. And I think they had a dodgy first heat each, but then their second heats, I mean, Zach Cook came from fourth to second, I think on the last bend in his second or third heat. So they they very, very learnt very quickly. They might have a dodgy uh, you know, lap or two or, or heat or two, but certainly those bigger tracks. And I can tell you that um, Zach Cook and Ben Cook can ride, uh, can ride Kings Lynn even on their first visit there, which was much, much was made of that. But it was like, pff, we can forget that because they've nailed it within their second heat. So they're going to learn quick sure. and, um, and they're well, fast. They're fast. So exci- they'll be exciting. Yeah well, that's, yeah, well, that's great. And that's, it's good to see them stepping up. And as I say, the, the premiership is, is fundamentally, you know, um, when you look at Kings Lynn, you look at Peterborough, Sheffield and Bellevue, they're fast tracks. You know, so you've got half the league are, are, are quick tracks. So they, they won't have, that won't hold any fears for them, I shouldn't think. So let's hope that they can settle in nicely and do a decent job. Um, but I just think, as I say, young Zach um, down at Wolves, yeah, I, I think he's in good company. And Pete Adams is great at nurturing um, uh, newbies through, you know, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll go well. And they can both gate, and that's how how big a part of that is the sport. You know, they they, they can both get out the traps, okay. and and that's half the battle, isn't it? Get to that first turn, and you make life a lot easier for yourself. Yes, um, uh, it's something that, um, uh, and you stay out of trouble, Ian. You know, you know, you hit the front, fresh air, points in the bag, and you're out of trouble in the first corner. You haven't got to take quite as many risks during a race. Um, you know, um, Chris Harris, bless him, uh, you know, wow, what a career he's had. But um, I know that life would have been a touch easier for him at times if he could drop the clutch at the right time. Um, I'm glad he doesn't at times because he's he's really eye-catching to watch when he comes charging through the pack. But um, there is no doubt if you talk to Greg Hancock when he's winning world championships at 47 years of age, uh, primarily because he can make dynamite starts. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, good luck to them both. Good luck to them both. Well, that said, Chris Harris managed to find his gating gloves last year. Everybody was surprised about that. Um, We'll talk about Bomber soon. Uh, Kings Lynn next, because they've got five riders returning from the team that 
uh, completed last year's campaign. Of course, they made some changes as they went through the season, some quite big ones. But Nikolai Klint is uh, likely to be starting, um, leading the, the, the side. Frederick Jakobsen also returning. Josh Pickering, Thomas Jorgensen, Jason Edwards all back in the lineup again. The, um, the additions, and there's a couple of big ones really. Michael Palm Toft, um, of course, title winner with Peterborough, part of the old Dad's Army, uh, Dad's Army lineup. He's probably one of the younger members of Dad's Army, to be fair, but he was there uh, with Peterborough for the last few seasons. Uh, and uh, the other addition, the one that's really been talked about, is uh, Christoph Kasprzak, former Grand Prix winner, former world number two. And the question is, can he recapture some of that magic he had in his pomp when he was in the Grand Prix series? Because what what um, a lot of fans have probably said is, well, you get one of two Christoph Kasprzaks. You get the brilliant world beater or you get the one that's pulling up at the back when it's not going his way. And um, I know that um, Alex Brady was at pains to say in the press conference when he was signed that he's convinced he's 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 going to get the uh, the best version of him. Well, he's going to say that, Ian. <laughs> he's just signed him. <laughs> 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 Fair point. So um, that's, he's very, he very much wants he very much wants that to be the case. Um, I think people are right to be a little bit um, uh, a little bit cautious about uh, KK um, because he's uh, a rider that, as you rightly say, he he has an enormous amount of natural ability. He's one of the most um, uh, naturally gifted riders out there, but. As you rightly say, he can go through periods of time where he just doesn't turn up mentally. I think it's mental with him. It's not down to his ability to ride the bike. It's, it's mentally. He's very fit. You know, he's always looked after himself. Um, so I've got no, no qualms about that. I have a question mark over his consistency. I think he'll probably start the season like a house on fire. I think he'll come in. He'll be revved up. But for Kingsland, they will need him to keep going throughout the season if he does that then he'll be a fantastic signing for them um and as i say time will tell whether that's the casper zach that uh, they alex brady has signed i think the rest of the lineup actually looks pretty good i think um they changed that team around just slightly too late last year uh and they were in a position where they kind of had to win every match if they were going to make the top four um whether that was due to riders not being available or whatever it was, I'm not quite sure. But I do know that they did, as you rightly say, they 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 made fundamental changes to the team. Michael Palm Toft, if he stays fit, will be good for them. Jason Edwards is another rider going in the right direction. Josh Pickering, well, he's great. He's going to be turning up and giving it everything every week. Clint's a great starter. Freddie Jacobson came in and did a really good job for him. I think Kings Link could be a dark horse, actually. I really do. I think they've had a couple of seasons in the doldrums. Um, and with Alex Brady and Dale Allett, they've got, they're very ambitious. They, they're desperate to do well. There's no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, an interesting looking side and one that potentially could be um, quite a power, powerful team. You know, Frederick Jakobsen is a good rider. Professional kit, um, turns up and will do a good job. Um I think Kasperzak is very important for the team on the level. If he's in a good frame of mind and he's riding well, he'll lift that team. The problem when you've got an experienced rider like that around, if he gets a little bit down in the dumps and a little bit grumpy, 
that can actually permeate through the team. So I think from the manage, management point of view for Kingsley, I think it's very important for him to feel um, loved and wanted. And um, if he has a couple of off nights, if he has a couple of off nights, they need to put an arm around him to to keep him highly motivated. And I think they could have a strong season. I really do. As you say, they, they, they were a much different prospect at the end of the season than they were at the start. I think they were getting rolled over by most people. There was all sorts of problems on and off track, I think, as well. But they really got mm. going in that second half of the season. And as you say, if they can recapture that form and a couple of um, decent additions, if, if Kasper Zak can, can do half of what he's capable of even, um, you know, that that's going to make them a, a much different prospect. And it... The, the whole, I mean, usually maybe we look at the, 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 the sides and you can pick one off that's maybe much further behind the rest. But I think this year it, it certainly looks as though the whole league, and we've got a couple of teams to go through yet, but the whole league looks a lot more compact and a lot a lot trickier to sort of work out and maybe necessarily who is going to make the playoffs and who isn't. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, I Obviously, I've had a look at this over the last few days and it's not easy to pinpoint who's going to be there. You know, last year, pretty much by the midway through the season, we knew who the top four were. The jeopardy of the playoffs, chasing a playoff place, um, really wasn't there. Um, but I think this year it may well be different because the team strengths and lineups looks good. You know, there isn't a team that you would say that was like, well, I don't fancy them. I just don't see it. Um, I do have some opinions on them. But I think that um, generally the seven sides are, 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 are pretty pretty well balanced and the strength of the seven sides is, is quite close, I think. Um, and when we come on to Leicester, you know, I'm pleased that Leicester have got a good looking team. But for Kings Lynn, to wrap it up with Kings Lynn, I think Jason Edwards is a rider that is improving and the rest of their team is all got good experience. And I think that um, if they click and Kasper Zak is not 15 points one week and two the next, I think if you get some sort of con- consistency from him, I think they may well be, um, certainly at home, I think they'll be tough to beat. Well, the action at Kings Lynn gets underway with the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund meeting this year. They're hosting that and that will be taking place on the um, 25th, that's the Saturday, 25th of March at uh, the Adrian Flux Arena. Of course, there'll be a good turnout from some past and present um, Kings Lynn riders, but um, there's all sorts of uh, talent on show on that one. They've not announced the full lineup yet, but I can tell you Freddie Lindgren will be riding in the Ben Fun meeting as well this year, uh, along with Simon Lambert, Connor Mountain, Danny King, Lewis Kerr, Michael Palm Toft, Steve Worrell, Charles Wright, Tom Brennan, Rich. Worrell, Kyle Howarth and Ben Barker have all been announced so far. So a few um, left over. Another good meeting there, Kelv, uh, to, to get the season started. Obviously unique as well in, in raising money for the only charity in the world that uh, looks after injured speedway riders. Yes, and uh, great to see that um, uh, these meetings are well supported. So, you know, the eye-catching uh, rider in the lineup there is clearly Freddie Lingren, you know, um, and uh, Freddie's using early season to grab some extra bike time, you know, competitive bike time, not just testing. Um, and you understand why, but he's going to drag people through the gate. There's no doubt about that. 
um, because they don't see him regularly here. He doesn't ride in the UK. So um, for him to be riding at the Peter Craven and the, uh, the Ben Fund meeting is really good news. And as I say, the cause is, uh, goes without saying that it's, it's vital. So uh, everything that's raised on that day is uh, hugely, uh, hugely important for people when they get hurt. So um, no, um, uh, I'm excited. It's, it's good. It, it's, it's one of those situations where once again, um, certainly when novel, you know, when everybody's dead keen, it's the right time to be running this type of meeting. People, fans are keen, riders are keen. Uh, to get underway, so um, the lineup is is decent, very decent. Uh, Freddie Lingren is actually having a, a much busier time than than uh, we've let on actually, because he's he's coming over um, for well, the first meeting he's, he's due to ride is the very first meeting in the UK, and that will be on the nineteenth of March. He's riding in the Stuart Robson farewell meeting, which they've been trying to get on since twenty twenty uh, actually, and it's been rained off or COVIDed off or whatever, and they're hopefully going to get it done this time. But they've got a cracking lineup for that. So Freddie Lingren's going to red car for that on the nineteenth. Peter Craven on the twentieth. He's doing the Ben Fund on the twenty fifth, and then twenty four hours later, he's doing Sam Masters testimonial, which is on the twenty sixth, the Sunday afternoon at Monmore. Uh, another good lineup. A lot of Australians, as you'd imagine, in that one. But Freddie's going to be heading back to, to Monmore on uh, on the 26th. So he's making the most of his time, as you say, that all these meetings, um, you know, not ne- there's, there's a few riders doing all of them or both of them, but um, largely a different crowd at each one, but um, all top class talent. And as you say, it's great to, to if, you, if you're going to have some meetings to warm up, you might as well warm up against uh, some handy riders. Yeah, and as I say, for Freddie Lingren, he's clearly made a decision that he's going to be here for a week or so, and he wants to get as much competitive racing under his belt as he possibly can. What what that tells me, Ian, is that he's feeling a lot better because there were, you know, he took a break from racing last year, and quite clearly he was struggling. I spoke to him. He said that, you know, the day after a race meeting, he was basically not being able to do anything. And what was frustrating for him that they weren't being able to get to the bottom of what was wrong with him. And that must have been very difficult when you're trying to win a world championship and you're obviously, you know, expected to to perform at a very high level in the extra league in Poland and the extra and the uh, the elite league in Sweden. So it tells me that maybe they've uh, they've got to the bottom of his his illness and that he's looking good. Uh, and I say for people places like for Stuart Robson up at Redcar for Freddie Lingren to, to be turning up. I mean, that is a major bonus for him, isn't it? Because that is going to, you know, when when is Freddie Lingman going to be racing at Redcar? I mean, never. So the fact of the matter is, is that he's he's going to, that people are going to come and see him. So that's great. And I'm delighted. And obviously, it's quite clear that Freddie's um, utilising his time. And as I say, he, I think as you get a little bit older, I think there's a lot of testing that goes on in Poland and they love that and they put you on the clock. Yeah, but... In my opinion, I think there is nothing that replicates actually going to the start with three other guys when it means something. You know, even if it's a testimonial or that, but early season, getting the juices flowing like that when it really means something, I think uh, is is clearly something that he feels is going to be uh, set himself up for the season. And, you know, let's hope there's a great turnout. Really, really high. And, and for Sam as well, Sam Masters, probably the most laid back speedway rider on earth. Um, you know he's uh, he's he's a smashing bloke. He's been a he's been a loyal servant to Wolverhampton, so fully deserves to get his um, his testimonial. I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be a, gr- a great day. And as I say, he's he's done 
He's a rider that possibly, I felt, hasn't quite fulfilled his potential. I thought he might have been, you know, because he's possibly, he must be about 30 now, I think. Um, but still, nonetheless, he, he's a good rider, and I think he's, he's been a good servant to Wolverhampton. They love him there. He's, there's no doubt he feels nice and comfortable there. So, you know, I wish him all the best, and I hope he has a great turnout. Because Stuart Robson, of course, a bit of a Coventry legend of, of, of the time, and, and, and I know a lot of Coventry fans are planning on coming up to uh, to give him that send-off as well. Yeah, and that's nice for the Coventry fans, of course, obviously without a, without a track at the moment, so... Um, but there's no doubt that um, that's a strong-sounding lineup. Actually, that's uh, that's 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 great for them up there, you know. And fair play. I think it's nice that uh, obviously, as I say, riders at this time of year are keen to get some competitive laps under their belt. But nonetheless, um, for you know, Niels Christian Everson and Freddie Lindgren and those guys to be going up to Red Car to ride for Stewart, I think is 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 a nice gesture from them and. Um, as I say, let's hope that the weather's good and that uh, there's a, a healthy crowd for him because Stuart Robson rode for a long time and he was one of those guys that was, you know, he was a he was a stalwart and he always turned up and gave his best. So um, deserves a, a, a good farewell, you know, a nice send-off. Well, on the subject of uh, Chris Harris there, as we, we touched on him, uh, let's look at the Leicester Lions, because they make the step up to the Premiership after a, a strong few years in the Championship. They reached the Grand Final in 2022. They lost out to the Pool Pirates. It was a funny end to the season because their track um, suffered, well, flooding, basically, and uh, they tried to sort it out and made all getting the agriculture equipment on and off the track sort of made everything worse. And in the end, the final got moved to Kings Lynn, so they didn't really have that home track advantage, perhaps, that they would have liked since then. The Leicester track's been ripped up, relayed. They made some uh, other changes as well, and um, it should all be good to go at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. They're led by... Chris Harris, uh, they were he was their first signing as they went into that uh, new era, but he's also joined by some impressive experience in the form of Max Frick, who we mentioned earlier, part of the title-winning side with the Bellevue Aces last year. Um, and um, they've also added the likes of uh, Richard Lawson and Justin Sedgman to their lineup as well, and Jake Allen, uh, another of the uh, team members, and Nick Morris, of course, who rode with Leicester in the, um, in the championship and is uh, remaining with them. So therefore, he departs Wolves. It looks like for a, for a side that's making their first effort, because you'll remember Leicester the last time they were in the Premiership, it, it didn't really go very well for them. And they're uh, under the guidance of uh, Stuart Dixon, who remains in charge now. Uh, a different time, different um, people in charge, different riders. Is this a different era now in the Premiership for Leicester? It looks like it, Ian. does does look like it. I remember talking to Damien Bates at Sheffield and when he sort of just quietly told me that they were going to come up with Leicester. Um, and, you know, I said to him, well, you know, you're going to have to, you know, make sure that you get a half sensible team together. And he assured me that they were going to. And I think, I think he, he hasn't let the fans down. I think he, you know, Chris Harris, I think the Peterborough fans would have been very disappointed to lose Chris Harris after the last two years um, because he's done a fine job for them. Um, but going across to the Leicester Lions, I think Chris Harris is exactly the type of rider you want. You know, he, he he's going to be, you know, going for it all the time. Max Frick, obviously world class. Um, let's hope he stays out of trouble this year. A couple of nasty crashes for Max last year, 
Um, but clearly world class. And a, and a surprise signing, actually, for me. A surprise signing. I didn't think you'd come away from Bellevue. You know, having had a year out, coming back to ride in the UK, I thought pretty much Bellevue would be where he'd want to ride. If, But um, quite a coup, that, actually, for the Bates boys to actually be able to get him in. I'm sure Stuart Dixon is delighted to have a Grand Prix winner in his team. Richard Lawson, of course, is... It's terrific. So reliable, so dependent. He's always going to give you a good run for your money. Uh, Nick Morris, clearly Wolverhampton probably were torn. They would have liked to have kept him, I'm sure. But Nick Morris is um, uh, staying with the team. Justin Sedgman had a great, great run with um, Sheffield last year. So it's a good, good looking lineup. Obviously, Dan Thompson's going to have to come to the party. Jake Allen has sort of had his injury problems as well. So um, he'll need to recover. But... I see their their top four in Harris, Frick, Lawson and Morris. Quite decent, that is. That's quite decent. And I think Sedgman as well. I, I, I think that, that that's quite a good team. I'm, I don't know if it's a championship winning team, but I think it's a team that will definitely hold its own. Stuart Dixon as well. And I've, I've worked with him um, a few times over the last year and... Uh... I think is I think you're going to like him in the in in the in the Premier League as a as a as a team manager. He's so sharp. He does not miss a thing, and I, and and that's the thing I've noticed with Stuart. If he he's so on it, everything tactically, you know. I think that a few managers are going to have their uh, their minds picked potentially there, and he's very very good at you know. Tactical substitutes, swapping riders out, putting a reserve in at this point, switching the gates or whatever. These kind of things that he, he's just so on the ball with those things. And it's just, it's when I've stood next to him, it's sort of an education watching Speedway with him because he'll tell you, he'll say, right, what you should do is you should put that rider there and then, and then the rider comes out. or And also the track, that's the thing with Stuart. He also does the track at Leicester. And he's pointed things out like, if I was doing the track, I would I would. I would do this now. I'll pull the shale here. You can see that there's a problem here, and and adjustments he would make tactically. And I think certainly at home they they could be a surprise. And I think there'll be fans maybe listening to this of Bellevue or Ipswich or whoever haven't come up against Leicester under the Stuart Dixon era. And I think there's going to be a few surprises. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure if Stuart's actually managed in the Premiership uh, at the highest level before. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, he was right, at Glasgow, so, wasn't he? So, and then, so, uh, and when, so yeah, and then he's moved to Leicester, yeah. Yeah, so this is the first time that uh, I'm personally going to see him at work. And as I say, I think it's a team that uh, will need to extract everything out of it if it's really going to get to the latter stages of the, the playoffs. But as you rightly point out, Stuart Dixon comes with a reputation of being right on top of his game. Um, he's a character. He's, uh, he loves his speedway. And I think that he will be definitely somebody that we're going to be interviewing a lot when we see him on television. Um, but as you rightly say, if he can pull and make decisions at the right time and be proactive and outsmart other teams, then he could well be their eighth man, couldn't he? He could just be make the difference at times. And yeah. I see them a team being very difficult to win a beat at home. I think the key to their season is picking up uh, vital points on the road, whether they'll be good enough to be um, away from home. But there's no doubt that um, with Stuart at the helm, I think he'll be highly motivated. He'll want to prove himself at the top division. It's his first 
run at it. Um, and he's got a half-sensible team there that uh, I think if he gets Frick going and Morris, Morris is, he's got riders there. If, if Harris can ride like he did over the last two years, Frick is fully fit and motivated. Um, Lawson is always dependable. I think that um, uh, they can have a good run at it. As I say, I'm not sure they're quite good enough to win this year, but as you rightly say, I think they will surprise a few. There's always a bit of home track advantage as well around Leicester. It's um, you know it's not quite like Monmore, but there's certainly a knack to it, and uh, that that could be worth a few points as well. So that's the Leicester Lions, um, the Peterborough Panthers. Well, with the exception of Ben Basso, the the Panthers uh, were largely unchanged from that Dad's Army winning title from 2021 in 2022. But uh, they found the going much tougher last year. Bottom of the pile, it started off bad and went worse from there really as they went on. But some Big changes this year at Peterborough. It's taken them a bit of time to announce their side. Um, ben Cook was announced as the uh, uh, an incoming uh, rider. We've, we've sort of touched on him already. Uh, raced with um, Pool Pirates uh, in the Championship back-to-back league and cup titles there under uh, Neil Middleditch at Pool. Uh, this is the first time he'll have ridden in the top flight, though. Rising star continues to be Jordan Jenkins. And then huge Danish influence after that. Not least, the Danish team manager, Nicky Pedersen, returns to British Speedway. And uh, alongside him, the likes of Niels Christian Eversen, Hans Andersen, um, all involved as well. So it's, it's, it's a big um, Danish feel to the side uh, with, uh, with Richie Worrell uh, also involved too. So it's... Um, well, it's a different era, some some significant changes, and um, obviously wanted to draw a line under how things ended last year for the Panthers. Yeah, what a roller coaster couple of years they've had. You know, as you rightly say, the Dad's Army. You know, they got right behind that in '21, and uh, they went on that incredible journey. And to overturn Bellevue in the Grand Final was miraculous. I mean, um, uh, I don't think Bellevue could quite believe it, but. Um, it was an extraordinary season. Rob Lyon and his men just, you know, they just uh, just conquered the league. It was fantastic. And they got on this roll and they, they worked with it. It could have worked against them. They could have got a bit sort of like sniffy about the fact that they were the oldest team in the league. And they could have got a bit grumpy about that. But they didn't. They embraced it. They made fun of it. And it actually, I think it galvanised that team. And, and they, they did the business. Last year, it didn't work, I think. Um, it's quite interesting when you look at teams and one rider can make a huge difference. And in 21, they always had almost like a, a, a very experienced rider at reserve. And I remember riders like Chris Harris, Scott Nichols and Hans Anderson riding at periods of time at reserve. And, you know, with seven riders available, seven rides available to reserve, they were actually winning meetings through that. No question about it. And, but that grew the confidence. Ben Basso coming into the team last year, great rider, but suddenly they were slightly vulnerable. And with riders like Nichols, Hans Anderson, Palm Toft injured, um, you know, they just never got going. And it was a shame for them. And of course, for the, for, for the club itself, having been the champions one year and then bottom of the league the next, it's tough. It's really tough that. And I felt for them at times, you know, they, you know, I think there was a meeting was it Ipswich that just overturned them and it was a last heat decider or we had, I think it was the only um, heat 16 that we had on television. 
last year and they got beat, you know, and, you know, it was dramatic stuff. It was incredible stuff. But, you know, for Peterborough, you know, they, they should have won that night. And again, it was snatched away from them. So nothing went for them. I think this team, interesting looking team, is heavily reliant on experience. You know, Everson, Pedersen and Anderson all have been around for a long, long time. And Everson, obviously, Anderson had a poor season. Pedersen coming back from a nasty injury. Those guys, um, we will have to wait and see whether they can recapture their form. Ben Basso was terrific. Ben Cook is new to the league. Steve, um, not Stevie Worrell. Richie Worrell, obviously, is going to be moving club again and needs to settle in. But the guy's been around a while. I think he'll be a solid second string. But for me, I think the question mark is that they're going to need Everson and Nicky Pedersen um, to really hit the ground running. Um, Peterborough, they'll prove me wrong, maybe, but... Um, I'd like to think that um, uh, um, they will go. But I saw Nicky Pedersen last year, Ian, and that was a serious hip injury he's had. Very serious. Uh, and I believe Nicky's 45 now. Um, so he's not a young speedway rider anymore. So I think, and Anderson is into his 40s, and Everson must be nearly 40. So... Those three guys, they know each other well. They've had huge international success together. Uh, and maybe their camaraderie, they'll pull together and they'll produce something special. But as I say, I, I may be proven completely wrong. But I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I look at that and I just, I just think, not sure that that's going to work. Not sure. Do you look at it and wonder how you pronounce Dad's army in Danish? Um... <laughs> um, maybe I ought to. Maybe I ought to. It's never crossed my mind. Um, I, I don't think Ben Basso would be able to tell me because he, he, he's a youngster and he's from Denmark. But I, I think that uh, maybe Richie Worrell will need to speak Danish and learn how to speak Danish so he feels a farm pass of it when he's in the changing room. Um, but um, there's no doubt that, as I say, they are going to be heavily reliant on riders that have had poor... Although Nicky was riding fantastic prior to his injury last year, it was a serious injury. Everson also had problems in and out of the league. They're going to need those three guys to find their feet very quickly if they're going to have success. As I say, Everson, even when he was fit and riding last year for Kings Lynn, wasn't great, wasn't always great. Um, so, as I say, they need to go well if they're going to have a good season. They really do. The Peterborough Panthers then, and finally the Ipswich Witches, who sort of got moving with their team building fairly quickly, announcing that um, former world champion and Grand Prix star uh, Jason Doyle was once again returning to uh, Foxhall. Of course, the Premiership title winner in 2019 with Swindon. We know the experience that Jason Doyle brings to the side. Uh, Danny King, who spent now a total of 14 seasons with Ipswich. German star Eric Riss, Danian Hume also returning to Foxhall. Kenyon Rue is a new name, Australian under-20 one champion uh, makes his way for his uh, first experience of, of racing over here and some excitement about him um, but the big signing for Ipswich of course the sensational comeback of Emil Saifutinov caused the most debate former world number three racing on a Polish license uh, eligible to race in the domestic leagues and um, a big big name to be uh, riding um, at Ipswich anyway but in a side alongside Jason Doyle that's 
quite a one-to-five potentially there. It is indeed. And, uh, of course, Emil Saifuzinov coming into the team is going to be a massive draw wherever he goes. Uh, such a popular guy. Uh, we all know about the, the, um, uh, the conflict in Ukraine. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that delighted that the guy can earn a living. You know, I mean, you go from being world number three to being out of a job uh, through no fault of your own. So um, fair play to Chris Louie and his team to to work hard. I'm sure there's been a lot of um, hard work that's got into getting clearance for Emil to come to the UK to ride in 23. Um, Jason Doyle, of course, back, big signing, fantastic for him last year. I mean, how many times did he win Heat 15? I mean, they were the kings of the last Heat decider. I mean, it was incredible, wasn't it? Every week yes. they had a last Heat decider. Mm. Every week. And they managed, and they managed to put it out of the bag. It was quite an extraordinary journey they went on. They fell short in the end. Um, they had some injury problems um, and they had to change their team around. And in the end, they just didn't quite manage to get to the final, which was frustrating for them. Uh, Eric Riss being one of those riders that got injured, and I think it's going to be a big season for Eric Riss. He's a he's an eye catching rider. Uh, he needs to go well. And Danny King wasn't at his best last year. Um, I think he needs to recapture that. Uh, Keenan Rowe, interesting rider. We saw him ride in basically riding in Poland. Um, we saw him ride um, for Australia, and also I think he rode in the SGP two round, did he? I think he rode in an SGP2 round. Um, I think he might have ridden in one, yeah. I think he did. And I think he also did... um, I'm trying to think. He he definitely got going somewhere. Um, And he's a good rider. Did he he do the under-21 Speedway of Nations? Speedway of Nations. There you go. And he rode quite well. Started a little bit shaky, but actually came through quite nicely. Um, but Poland, obviously, all conquering at that level, um, at that age group as well. But again, he will need to to find his feet in British Speedway. Very different riding here than riding on the continent, as we well know. Um, but being around somebody like Jason Doyle is is a great influence. Uh, they've had some they've had a, some bad news, obviously losing Jack Thomas in, haven't they? Um, some serious injuries mm-hmm. to young Jack. Um, so um, we wish him well, but he's going to be out for a period of time. So um, uh, I believe that they have signed. It was at this point we realised that the rider in question had not been announced yet. I believe, is that if that's correct. Am I correct in thinking that? You can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, it, it's, it, it's news to me, Kelvin, but uh, it, it sounds like it could be plausible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I've actually then just uh, jumped the gun on that because I have had a, had a conversation with Chris and I, I apologise to Chris now if I've let the cat out of the bag. Um, but they have decided that it's going to be there. So that's typical Tatum in with two feet, jumped in straight away. But I do believe that uh, they have uh, got a replacement for Jack. Daniel Hume is a nice lad as well. I like him. He's keen and enthusiastic. Um, yeah, they're going to need Saifutinov and Doyle to become... The Heat 15 Kings. You imagine coming out in a Heat 15 with Doyle and Saifutinov on the line. That's going to be pretty special. Uh, Danny King, Eric Riss uh, backing them up. Uh, I think they can have a good season, but I think they are going to be... um, If they can get Saifutinov to go and to to really be uh, on top form, I think they can be very quite formidable. Um, But... Danny King needs to be better. Eric Riss needs to stay out of trouble. 
and Keenan Rue needs to, um, you know, sort of adapt to riding Foxhall fairly quickly because obviously riding on in Poland in particular is not the same as riding at Monmouth Green or Leicester or his home track. But as I say, he'll have plenty of advice there from his mate Jason Doyle, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, shaping up to be an exciting season for uh, Ipswich Witches fans and uh, you won't have to wait long to see them in action at Foxhall, of course. One final thing just to touch on, um, if you've seen this news about um, Phil Morris is uh, coming in to uh, be the CEO of the Premiership um, with really a... We know the experience he's brought to the Speedway Grand Prix series, which he will continue to do as uh, race director for the Grand Prix and the, the World Cup, as it'll be, I guess, in, in this year. Um, but to try and bring some of that experience and the consistency, I suppose, to the match day experience, how the meetings run, uh, and also with an overview of... Uh, the whole of the Premiership, both uh, on track and off track, trying to increase the marketing and the appeal of Premiership Speedway, uh, but also with with an eye on the the rule book and and also to uh, make these big decisions, which perhaps sometimes in some meetings that we've seen before that we have had some delays and uh, controversy uh, over the rule book and what's right and wrong. And Phil will be where uh, the book starts and finishes. So uh, his his word ultimately. Ultimately, will be final this year when it comes to any controversial decisions, perhaps too. Yeah, it's a, it's a brave move uh, and quite possibly something that's been needed for some time. To be honest, to have an independent overview uh, and somebody who's in the position to be able to sort of be where the buck stops, effectively, uh, in that regard, regarding any controversy or any decisions regarding uh, a meeting, whether it needs to be rerun or, or whatever. Uh, somebody's behaviour. Um, uh, also, when it comes down to track conditions, you know, there needs to be continuity there and standards up kept, uh, kept up. Um, I think it's a challenging role. There's no doubt about it. And, as uh, you know, Phil has proven himself on the Grand Prix scene to be very, um, uh, very good at being able to gain the respect of, of riders and authorities around Europe and the world, effectively. So, um I'd like to think that this is successful and it moves the sport in the right direction. You know, you're going to have some promoters kicking back at times, you know, particularly promoters that have been around a long time. I think maybe they might not always feel um, happy to hear somebody telling them how to run their business or how they should do something differently when they've done it their way for so long. But you've got to start somewhere. And I think, as I say, it's something that's been required for the sport. And Phil Morris is um, taking that responsibility on. So um, I wish, I hope the role proves to move the sport right. And like you say, if we can bring it to, if it can open doors and he can actually sell the, the product of the Premiership to to more sponsors and to get more um, people involved, then, then that, that can only be a good thing. But I know that it will be a challenging role and it may take a year or two for it to really sort of, be become really defined because I'm sure at the moment with it being a new role you've just when you explained it and you, you've explained it it's, it's all encompassing and and for one man that's going to be a challenge isn't it? inevitably it's going to be a challenge but I suspect over the course of a year or two I think his influence you I'd like to see 
uh, coming through and they'll be maybe a little bit more defined. But uh, I'd like to think it's a brave move and I, and, I, and I really hope that it's a good move for, for the sport. Good stuff. OK, well, look, um, we'll probably leave it there for now, Kelv. Um, and we can talk about the right. Grand Prix series. I think it's still, at the time of recording this, uh, a bit of a, a bit of time to go. We can maybe we can maybe feast on the Grand Prix, um, maybe nearer the time. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do that. I, I'd like to get into the Grand Prix. So particularly, I want to focus on the three British riders, um, uh, you know, Lambert, Bewley and Wuffenden. Um, I think there's plenty to, to get our teeth into there. Um, as I say... Uh, I'd love to do uh, just a podcast just focusing on the world championship as I say um, right to do the domestic scene because there's changes and as I say the seven teams look really quite um, uh, evenly matched so it, it should be an exciting season yeah, uh, the other thing as well, league points are different this year they're going to be the same across all the leagues and it's it's back to the old school uh you know, you've got to win to get the points. No no sort of consolation points. But there will be a bonus point across the two legs. And that's something that used to happen a number of years ago. But that's back this year. So the aggregate score in the in the respective meetings is, is going to count again. Yeah, I, I think that's quite cool, really, because it's quite complicated, all the different scenarios that we have for point scoring. Um, and we've had it for some time. But I think... Um, from from you and I broadcasting on Speedway, I think it will make it slightly easier. You can explain it, and the fact is, as a you know, particularly away from home, even if it's looking like a team's going to get beat, they they still need to keep going because you can explain it very simply that they need to hit a target to to pick up a bonus point uh, over the two legs. So I quite like that actually. I think it's uh, something that um, could just make you know. At the end of the day, if we want to broaden the, the aspects of the sport, we need people that are not hardcore Speedway fans to understand it. You know, so um, I think that, that that's maybe a small step in the right direction. Good stuff. Well, we'll look forward to seeing it all in action very, very soon. The bikes will be on track. The first meeting's taking place on that weekend of the uh, the 19th. Uh, then the 20th, of course, is the Monday, and that's the big one at the National Speedway Stadium for the Peter Craven Memorial Meeting. And then the Ben Fund Meeting, the Premiership gets underway that week, and, uh, well, it'll be coming at you thick and fast with a few meetings a week from then on. And, uh, Kelvin, you're back on the TV. Uh, it's May, isn't it, before the, um, before the Eurosport uh, coverage gets really going. But when that does start then that should be uh, pretty uh, regular weekly for much of the season. Yeah, we're starting late, which is, I'm slightly disappointed about that, but uh, I, 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 I sense that what they're trying to do now is that with last year we had too many, op- too many times when we, had, we didn't have continuity. We had too big a breaks between the fixtures. So we are starting late this year, but we're starting in May, so it'll be nice and warm, hopefully. So we won't be freezing at Speedway, which is nice. Um, but... Um, we will then hopefully be three weeks on, one week off and just, you know, get on a nice roll and get right up to speed with the story and follow the story right the way through. Um, Eurosport obviously have major events at times like the, the French uh, Open, Tennis Open and also the Tour de France where we had gaps and we may still have one or two little gaps around those, but not as long as it was last year. But um yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that um, uh, uh, we've got Scotty Nichols coming on board this year. I think that, um, you know, with the with the strength of the teams, I think, and hopefully there'll be more jeopardy about teams chasing the top four. That will help because last year it wasn't there. Um, and if that's the case, then I think there'll be, you know, a lot of interest on every time we go to the track. So, yeah, very much up for it.
And there's some um, Premiership level coverage on BSN this year as well. Uh, knockout Cup coverage of uh, Kings Lynn versus Sheffield, and then the return leg the week after at Orleton. So you can watch both legs of, of that clash between Kings Lynn and Sheffield. And uh, also the Easter Monday fixture, the double header, uh, the second part of that double header, Wolves versus Bellevue on Easter Monday. Uh, as well for uh, for fans of that. So there's a few um, Premiership fixtures that'll be live-streamed this year as well uh, in the meantime. So looking forward to those. Well, thanks a lot, Kelvin, for joining us, and see you uh, see you very soon. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the Grand Prix in a bit more detail next time. But uh, cheers for your thoughts on, on the Premiership. It, uh, on the whole, looks like a, an exciting year ahead, hopefully. <laughs> you're absolutely right, yeah. Very exciting times ahead, and uh, you're very welcome. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to it uh, all getting underway.